Welcome to Attune and Align, the podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Lavalette, and I'm the founder of Attune and Align, a community for women who attune to the calling of their heart and take action to align their lives accordingly. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm so glad you're here. On Attune and Align podcast, we showcase the stories of real women who say yes to their dreams and do whatever it takes to manifest the outcomes they want to see in their lives. We hope you'll leave today's episode feeling inspired, energized, and excited to take your very own first step on your personal journey towards living a fulfilling life on your own terms. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to my friend, Michelle Emanuel. Michelle is a life and wellness coach, yoga instructor, and choreographer who claims her divine rights in life. Michelle is the founder of Resuscitate, a wellness-based business offering workshops and one-on-one coaching, supporting individuals towards sustainable wellness. She teaches yoga, mindset, movement education, nutrition with creativity, collaboration, authenticity, and accountability as the foundation. Her intention is to create space for greater exploration and discovery towards expansion and personal growth. Michelle is passionate about living life authentically and supporting others to do the same. Creativity is her form of activism, to disrupt the normative lines of what is considered practical and possible. Thank you for being with us today, Michelle. Welcome. Thank you, Marissa. It's good to be here. Thank you for your time and energy. And I'm I'm excited to dive right in. Me too. Our conversations are always good. We're going to have to keep an eye on the clock because once, <laughs> once you and I start chatting, right, we, we know from past experience. Yes. Let's dive right in. I'd love to hear, Michelle, from, from your professional journey. So what has it been like transitioning from school teaching to a full-time career in yoga and wellness? Um, and I'd love to hear any, um, your experience with any intuitive feelings that prompted the transition? Okay. Um, basically, the transition has been very organic for me. And I like the word that you use the word intuitive because it's definitely been that as well. So I've always been one to follow my heart and follow what really resonates with me in terms of what's in alignment. Um, it's been a very unconventional journey, very circuitous route. So I was a classroom teacher for a time. I went back to the classroom for a short time after, uh, or actually at the same time that I was still dancing um, professionally. And at that point, I say professionally, but I was really doing projects. So I wasn't in a company full-time or anything like that. It was, I was still very much dancing. And I, when I went back to the classroom, I really wanted to make sure I was teaching something that was I felt sustainable for me and for my students. I originally was in the classroom um, teaching French and English, and then I left education, went into dance, and then went back to education as a yoga and fitness teacher. And I did that because I felt like as I, I worked with youth for a while, and I, I found that uh, really, I noticed that there are a lot of issues in terms of their self-care, their mindfulness practices, stress management, you know, I mean, school's so different than when I was little. I mean, (laughs) I could say maybe safely when we were both little, I feel like it's definitely changed quite a lot. And so when I got employed at this particular high school in Oakland, I found that um, there were really, it was a need for Um, yoga and fitness. And I was really blessed to be able to actually create the entire curriculum and the program myself. It was like ground zero. They just said, okay, create a wellness program for us. And so it was wonderful. And I really tried to make sure I included a lot of mindfulness practices and embodiment and joy. And so I found that, you know, while I really, really enjoyed working with the students a lot, and I was finding that it was really making a big difference I was also feeling that, here we go, that word, intuitive uh, call to expand what I was doing and also transition into something I felt more sustainable for myself. 
in terms of being able to basically call my own shots. You know, I, I was very much in a system teaching at a school, you know, and I had to really make sure I followed that particular system, even when it wasn't in alignment with what I was really wanting to do. And as, as an employee, of course, I followed the system. Um, but I found it, after a point, I really needed to break, break out and do something that was more autonomous for myself and that I could really feel sustainable for my, my well-being and joy. Michelle, thanks so much for sharing about um, that, that transition. Um, I guess I'd like to hear, was there a specific aha moment when you realized it was time to get serious about beginning the transition or was it more of an accumulation of feelings? I think that everything in my life, I, I don't believe that anything happens for, uh, for nothing. Everything is used ultimately for its own purposes if we're aware of that. I did, however, have an, an aha moment. Um, I was injured at work and, and was out on disability from this injury. And while I was out, uh, the school canceled my program. And I spent a year and a half developing that program. I spent all summer creating the curriculum and then um, they decided that they didn't need it or want it or whatever the situation was. I never really got the full explanation. I think it was just the school was going in a different direction and they had state funding, et cetera. And again, it's part of the system. I actually don't know that it was a school per se, but I think they were, they were really needing to make sure they were staying in alignment with the state funding that they were receiving. And my program wasn't necessarily in that particular pathway. So that was my aha moment because I just felt like, you know, I really need to take control of my destiny. I can't, you know, and for me, it was really hard to have so much of my time and effort and energy um, dismissed is what it felt like. You know, the students weren't able to receive what was really helping them. And I wasn't able to offer that in the the way that I was hired. And so I decided that was my aha moment where it's like, you know what, from now on, I'll decide when I'm not going to offer my programs anymore. I'll decide what I'll offer and I'll make all the decisions myself. And so that was definitely a moment where I decided I'm taking control of my destiny, I'm taking control of my work, and I'm taking control of how and when and, and how long it's being offered. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing about that aha moment. And I, I know that it, it, it can be hard to share about an injury. So thank you for sharing um, sure. with, with vulnerability. Um, everything that you said right now reminds me of, of what I mentioned earlier when I read your bio. Um, it sounds like when you experienced this misalignment, you, you came to that juncture where you claimed your divine right in life. Yes, absolutely. Right? right, like you're sitting in the driver's seat of like, I get to call the shots on, mm -hmm. on when I offer this program and, and, and this program that is so needed yes. um, by the yes. kids. Um, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, so that's a pretty exciting and pivotal moment, right? When, when we put our hands on the wheel in the driver's seat. So as you navigate that new phase of the journey, um, I'm curious to hear, um, was there anyone in your life who was a big cheerleader or encourager or a friend or a colleague, um, someone in your corner? All of the above. You know, when I told my friends that I was getting my certification as a wellness coach, they all said, oh my gosh, that's so perfect for you. You know, um, I, I had a, a very good friend who was working in production at the time, and he was like a real great cheerleader in terms of which way I should be going professionally in terms of like marketing. And um, I had friends who were helping me with the website um, that I was building at the time. I had friends who were being my practice clients. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, and this, it was, I had a, basically an overwhelming experience of approval and affirmation and encouragement, um, even more than I thought. It wasn't just because you're my friend or you love me or whatever. It was really... I felt like it was something that so resonated with people where they're like, oh, I can totally see you do that, doing that, and you do that anyway. And so, and it's continued to, to be that for me as just I continue to move forward in this, connecting with more and more people who are um, 
in alignment with what I'm doing and um, where I'm going. It's, it's just been a really beautiful process, actually, very synchronistic. That, that's really heartening, um, I can imagine, especially for anyone who, who hears this conversation and is, is wondering about making their own next step. Um, what I think is especially encouraging about what you just shared with us is, um, yeah, we'll all have people in our lives who will be like, oh yeah, like cheerleading no matter what. But it sounds like you, you actually had people who like were intimately aware of your skill sets and your personal interests and they took them at heart and they were like, yes, this is absolutely the 100% best thing to do. Um, that sounds so exciting um, and very encouraging. Um, on a similar note, um, you know, that was touching on like actual human cheerleaders. Um, I'd love to hear, can you share some of the own cheerleading that you do for, for yourself from within? Could you share a mantra or a phrase or, or something spiritual or energetic that propels you forward? Absolutely. Um, you know, just to dovetail on what I said about the affirmations and encouragement, I've received a, a, probably not an equal amount, more, you know, maybe negative. I, I think anything I've ever tried to do that's outside of the box, people are like, what? You should, and then fill in the blank, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so what I've found is, you know, as it says in my bio, claiming my divine right, is just recognizing, you know, my deservability to do these things, you know, and I don't know that it's particularly a mantra. I do have affirmations that I read to myself every day and that I say about myself that, you know, um, and it's basically all in alignment with who I am as an individual, who we all are, you know, and that, I am blessed, I am highly favored, I am capable, I am talented, I am free to do what I choose, I have free will, you know, and um, and anything is possible, you know, and that if, I guess if there were going to be any particular mantra, that would be the one, anything is possible, because is possible. everything I have done, there's always been some person saying, really, but, and I've pretty much done, well, not pretty much, I have accomplished everything I set my mind to do, everything. And that's a, that's an amazing thing to say in life, you know, it hasn't been easy, but it has. No, <laughs> right. certainly not easy, but as you said, mm. definitely possible. Um, thank you for sharing the, the realistic, the, the reality, the flip side to that coin that, that yes, we're going to have cheerleaders, but then we also come up with these amazing ideas and then someone hears them and says, well, no, that's not a good idea, or you can't do it, or there's no way you'll be able to figure that out. Um, again, for someone who might be listening to the conversation today, you know, what would you say to someone who's experiencing that right now? Someone's telling them, no, your idea is bad. You won't be able to do it. Trust yourself. That, that I find, there's two simple words, but I find them to be so powerful. Um, Real quick, I just want to say a, a story that happened to me. Yeah. An, an example, when I first started dancing, and I, I started dancing what's considered late in life, you know, I, I wasn't three, I was actually <laughs> in college when mm -hmm. I started. And I just finished my first semester and I, we were breaking for Christmas break and I asked my teacher, you know, what she, she thought I could work on. And she said, you don't have it you have no talent, you'll never make it as a dancer, you know, and she just went through this list of all the reasons why. And she's like, I doubt you'll ever even be able to teach dance. She's like, I just don't see it. And I was devastated. Because um, I really respect, I mean, as an artist, a performing artist, everything. And, I, and here she just eviscerates me with that, what it wow. was, was opinion. Yes, I was brand new and there is work to be done, to be sure. Um, so I would tell somebody, you know, that the only person who's really going to control whether or not you can make it or not is you. And so, again, my counsel and recommendation uh, would be to trust yourself, you know, and find those people who do see you and who will encourage you, even if it's one person, mm -hmm. you know, um, it makes a difference. But mostly it has to start with yourself and what you, again, back to that deservability. You deserve to make a, a change. If that's what feels right to you, you deserve to make that change and you deserve to try and you deserve to succeed. So 
there you go. <laughs> I could go on and on, but I'll, I know we have <laughs> a certain time frame, so I will stop. No, that's that's lovely advice. Thank you. Um, I think that segues because now that the conversation has kind of gone from the outer to the inner, and um, we are the only person who can grant ourselves that uh, that sense of deserveability. Mm -hmm. um, I'd I'd love to hear from from your self care regimen. Okay. Um... Let's see. I have various different things that I do. Can I know. I, I just realized that was a really big question to drop on a, a yoga teacher slash dancer because that's a whole episode in and of itself. It's true. <laughs> All kinds of things. Um, I can tell you my daily. Um, okay. I definitely have like my morning routine that I do. And it starts with, what does it start? You know, um, what it starts with really is when I open my eyes. And I decide how I want my day to be. Mm. And this is, a, this is, I think, is a really important tool because, you know, especially right now, I mean, we're recording during the time of COVID mm -hmm. and sheltering and 2020 and all that it's been. And I think that it's easy to wake up and remember all the challenges and, mm -hmm. and start thinking, ugh, you know. Yeah. And so the first thing I do is I, I, I decide and I take control of my thoughts and make sure that I start with gratitude mm. and make sure I, I, I speak into what I like the day to be. And so, um, because I'm going to be honest with you, like this morning I woke up and I just started thinking about the first thing that was bugging me, you know? Yep. Um, and then I had to stop myself and go, okay, wait, no, this is not how I want to start my day at all. And so I, I, I chose differently. You know? I shared with you, I had a similar experience this morning, but then I said, you know what? I'm going to see, I'm going to talk to Michelle this morning. And so I want to decide how it is I want to be when I show up for her. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. that really resonates. Absolutely. So, um, and then, you know, I typically do some kind of a yoga practice and it's not long, you know, um, but it, there's something that I, I get on the mat in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say at least five times a week. Um, and then I have my whole self-care routine, you know, as I'm getting ready and just yep. different things of like what I'm listening to and really mindfully, you know, I, I, I make sure that I give myself a lot of space, right? Mm -hmm. Get ready. And I'm not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> You're seeing me on Zoom, but most of the time, it's not like I'm getting yeah. ready for work or I'm going to be going to a meeting. It's just, I'm getting ready for myself. Yeah. Day and I want to love myself as I'm doing that. So that's, that's basically, you know, I, I do things that are definitely good for me, you know, and I, I do them with intention, like this is helping my health if I do this and that, you know, so that's, that's pretty much my routine. I, I feel a sense of relief listening to the way that you explain um, a consistent approach to self-care, because I think, um, you know, when we hear when we overhear other conversations about self-care, it sounds like these sort of big, dramatic, like huge things we have to do. But, but really in, in my experience, and, and you can let me know if it's your experience too, it's just like these, these smaller, repeated, mindful actions over time that eventually accumulate um, into a sense of well-being. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, part of my self-care, I'm just talking about brushing my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely nothing like, what? You do this every morning? Right. It's really simple things, but I just remember, you know, that, I'm, you know, I, I try to just do it in a way that's mindful and that, I, and, and I'm not even, I think people, like when I say mindful, I'm not getting all zen. I'm just looking at myself and acknowledging myself in the mirror and I'm seeing myself. You know, and I think we can go into autopilot and just like brush our teeth and think about 17 million different things and whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, was I brushing my teeth? I guess I'm <laughs> done now, you know, and put it down. But I just try, try to have moments where like I'm looking at myself, I'm seeing the person who's looking back at me. That's what I mean by mindful. It's just like awareness of like, hey, there I am, you know? I, you remind me of um, some thoughts I had back in yoga teacher training and I would ask my teacher you know, the guru questions about self-care. And I always felt so intimidated because, you know, I thought that whenever I heard a yoga teacher talking about self-care, like you said, it was like Zen and were they catching glimpses of Nirvana <laughs> on a daily basis? Yeah, floating around just, the house. <laughs> and I was just so relieved when I learned that that was not the case. Like, it's just, as you said, like 
I'm looking at myself in the mirror. Am I actually, you know, seeing myself in this moment? Was I just brushing my teeth? Um, that, that mindfulness is accessible in any moment as long yeah. as we can remember. Thank you. Absolutely. For, and also, you that. know, just for the accessibility part, that it's a mindful moment. It's just, yeah. I look, I see myself, and then I might think about 17 million different things. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like I'm staring at myself right. adoringly the whole time I'm brushing right. my teeth. It's just like, hey, I see you. And then I, you know, but I definitely I like have that. that moment. Just, I, you know. Oh, I love real. that. <laughs> I love that. I wanted to hear from you a bit more, um, you know, because you mentioned a, a morning yoga practice. I'd love to hear more about um, your ongoing experience through every phase of your life with, with physical movement. So whether that's yoga or dance, could you speak more? Um, in previous conversations, you, you have referred to your dance and yoga as the through line of, hmm. I suppose, yeah. like the soundtrack to your life. Um, I'd love to hear more about how, even as the circumstances of life change, like these are these, these touch points or themes that you've had going the whole time and, and, and what has that provided for you and your experience? Wow. Great question. It's loaded with a lot of stuff there. Let me see. Yeah. It's a lot. That. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, in some way I've always been in my body, um, and what I mean by that is being physically active. You know, in high school, I, you know, was on the track and cross country team. And then college, like I said, I started dancing and everything. And, um, and, and I was taking dance in college. I wasn't looking to be a dancer. I was taking it recreationally, you know, because I just liked it. Um, and so everything, what I found, though, is that through the process, I was physically active. And then I got to the point of actually starting to connect with my body. So it was interesting, like when I finally got to the place of like, oh, I'm inhabiting this body and recognizing that, that was a real turning point. Because, you know, when I came to yoga, I, you know, I, I only did yoga as a supplement to dance to keep myself from being injured. I found that it was very helpful in that regard, but I wasn't really trying to, you know, do anything beyond that. It was definitely a physical thing I'm like that's it I like that it stretches <laughs> me out and I get to be in child's pose whenever mm -hmm. I feel like it and whatever <laughs> it's a good um, one <laughs> but I also it was especially in dance when you know things are so specific you know even the way you hold your arm and your fingers everything is so precise so I loved that I could just you know go to child's pose and stay there if I wanted to the whole class and no one's going to tell me I, <laughs> I was you know off the count and not you know doing the choreography correctly or whatever um and when I talk about dance as the through line you know I what I I'd say what, it, what I've learned is I feel like dance and yoga have they inform me in terms of how I move forward now in terms of that embodiment you know um dance is um uh, definitely pro provided me with the creativity and the versatility and the discipline and then yoga has given me that mind body spirit connection and helped me to drop down i remember the first time i was ever really truly experiencing shavasana and just laying there at the end of class and just laying there it was almost cathartic because i was mm. like wow it's like deep because mm -hmm. and i felt like something shifted and i just thought i never do this like ever <laughs> just later <laughs> and you know it lasts five minutes it wasn't like it you know but it was right. still just the, the idea of giving myself permission to do that and recognizing the the um the benefit of being still you know and so that really has been something that has as i move forward in terms of like the wellness coaching and the workshops that i provide and different things like that there's always some element of movement. And like right now, I've been practicing Qigong and learning some Qigong. Um, and that's been also a really beneficial movement practice. And I am learning. I'm still like a baby learner in it, but I love it, you know. Um, 
So I, I find that as I'm learning and as I'm growing, embodying what I'm learning in some form or another has always helped me to really be able to um, engage deep, deeper into it and have it be more sustainable rather than just a knowledge. It does absolutely make sense. I um, I also look forward to following along with your your studies of Qigong. Um, I really don't know anything about it, but I've always been interested. And um, your mention of Qigong is actually helping to segue the conversation into um, what I wanted to talk about next, which is um, your workshop offerings and, mm. and ways that students and, and audiences can engage with you. Um, really, Michelle, my only experience of Qigong was, I believe, earlier this summer, at the end of one of your workshops, it was either the beginning or end, uh, you led us through some kind of exercise with our arms. Yeah and, yeah, yeah. and I don't remember specifically what it was, but um, I thought it was really cool, right? And I'm always <laughs> excited to learn new things. And um, I, I guess I wanted to hear from you, um, your experience teaching virtual Zoom workshops over the summer. And um, from my personal experience, I met you when you were teaching yoga and anti-racism for the yoga teachers community throughout the summer. Um, and I would love to hear from you um, in general, your experience of what it's like teaching and coaching on Zoom. Um, and then I'd love to hear from you, um, was this offering yoga and anti-racism, was it something that you planned on offering as you transitioned from, you know, your, your, your school teaching career to your career in wellness or, or did it, did it come into your life in a different way? And, and, and what was it like for you? Okay. Uh, I'll start with the first question, what it's like to teach and offer services online on <laughs> and I think that you know 90% of the population has their has an answer to that you know as we all yeah. pivot in terms of the need and um, the times that we're in and you know I think like everyone it's, it's been a learning curve and from it and it's also been a, um, a blessing really because mm -hmm. I've never been a big tech person, you know, I, oh, I like, I love people. I love being one-on-one. -on -one. I love being in person. I love being in groups, you know, just that physical connection. Um, so the idea of doing things virtually was never really a thing, but it was in the back of my mind because part of the reason I wanted to do, I, I'm doing wellness coaching is to have that versatility to live and work wherever I want in the world. And so I would, I definitely needed to actually acquire this ability to do it it just was never something i was feeling like i wanted to do you know like i okay. it wasn't it wasn't really something i was taking any time to right. cultivate because i didn't have to i could i could just go to a place you know so it was definitely a pivot but it was also a really good education for me to figure out how to do it and i'm still learning to be honest with you i mean it's still a learning curve, but I have this thing where I say that technology and I are on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> so as I need to know, I learn, but otherwise it's not something I'm gobbling up because I dig All it. right. Well, the universe certainly put us in a position um, this summer of, of need to know, so. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I am, and I'm grateful for the, the fact that it, it exists and that mm -hmm. this was something that we were able to pivot to because I think right. it would have been really challenging for many people to pivot out of their work situation exactly. without this opportunity to do it virtually. Exactly. Um, regarding the yoga and anti-racism, that um, what I can say, before I go into that, I can say that Everything is like I said earlier. Everything has happened very organically. Mm -hmm. I made a, a decision, probably several months prior, that it would be better use for me um, if I focus most of my energy on doing workshops in my coaching rather than one-on-one, -on -one, and then pick and choose as people um, come to me. Um, like basically fewer one-on-one -on -one clients and more workshop-based. Mm -hmm. And I've made that decision because I found that many people have the same issues or challenges or right. desires, whatever you want to say about them. And I felt like, you know, I can reach more people if I just do it in a workshop rather than, you know, the one-offs. 
And so I already had that in my mind and there's already an intention. And then the summer happened. And um, I basically, as far as yoga and anti-racism, you know, I showed up for the times that we were in, you know, uh, there were a succession, there was an ex a succession of situations in the black community, you know, and George Floyd's murder, you know, was definitely, you know, something that I think was a pivotal moment for the country, really. Um, and so for me, it was, it was how I could show up, you know, it was within the community that I was already a part of, and it, it evolved very naturally in that a friend of mine on a walk one day asked me, she's a yoga teacher and asked me how she could be more inclusive with her classes and wanting to really educate herself, you know? And I appreciated the question. And I also recognized that, you know, my bandwidth to educate um, the white community didn't exist, <laughs> you know? And I didn't feel like it was particularly my responsibility mm -hmm. or desire to do right. so, but I did feel like I could answer her question. And so right. I, I did say to her, yeah, why don't you invite a few friends and I'll tell a couple people and the eight of us will get together. And but I, that's how I thought it would be. And then eight turned into 20 to 22 to, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it turned into a series uh, as you know, because you were there and, um, and I was very happy to, to be there and I'm very happy to connect with people and so, but I was also very clear uh, once I realized, oh, this isn't going to be a conversation between friends. This is actually going to be a workshop that I'm mm. offering. I needed to be really clear on what my intentions were, you know, in showing up and talking to people about this particular issue. Um, and so, you know, for me, as I said, I felt like I was stuck to my three tenets of yeah. accountability, conversation, and community. Um, and try to really gear the workshops in that direction. So, yeah, and it was also really challenging to hold those workshops, mm -hmm. hold space for others at a time when I was dealing with so much pain and anger and rage and so many, so many like a list of emotions, you know, to also be in this position to be holding space for other people as they're trying to figure out, you know, their privilege, et cetera. So um, it was a it was a balance for sure. It was definitely it was it was educational. Yeah, good question. So you know, let's see. How do I describe what's go what's coming right now? I would think of it as like if you picture a tree and the trunk of a tree. So there's the trunk. And then the tree always has branches and it branches out in different directions. That's what's happening. Like that trunk of the tree is me and the branches are the different directions that these offerings are going. So I am continuing to build my own business, resuscitate in wellness coaching and workshops. I have also been aligning with um, some wellness individuals who, and we are together creating a, a co-op um, a, a wellness co-op, Many we came together mostly because we, again, know each other from the yoga community, but there are also some people who do various other services as well. And, you know, and it's also been in response to the times that we're in and really wanting to dismantle the iniquities and harm that exists in the wellness communities right now and like the cultural appropriations and just, you know, even, you know, especially as yoga teachers, we've seen how the, the capitalist system really doesn't work for this particular industry, you know, so right. we're really mindfully and intentionally creating a co-op of wellness where we can be meeting people's needs, you know, and really creating a space for equitable practices and inclusive practices ableism, gender biases that exist, it, you know, really trying to level the playing field where people feel welcome, you know, and um, different size people, you know, I mean, you know how yogis all have that particular traditional look, you know, in, in at least in Western culture. So currently I'm 
working with this particular group of people and we are creating uh, our own platform of offerings. And with this group, we, I'm doing some workshops and um, offerings. And I'm also pivoting towards <laughs> all the branches. That's why I'm like, let's yeah. see. <laughs> um, you know, I, backing up a little bit, the workshop series that I did after yoga and anti-racism, I did a series called Recess for Resilience. And that was really um, a focus on finding balance and joy during stressful times. You know, especially, like I said, we're recording mm -hmm. this right in the middle of COVID right. when the numbers are rising. And which, you know, also mean people's stress levels are rising right. as well. And so I'm still developing and expanding that series of workshops and offerings and will continue to offer those. Basically supporting people via workshops or individual coaching, if that's what they're more inclined to, towards sustainably finding balance and joy in the midst of challenging times. And, you know, challenging times ebbs and flows. It seems like it's been more of a vortex this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we have ebb, um, we have flow, and then we have vortex. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so I'd say the direction for my personal business is definitely recess for resilience, finding balance during challenging, difficult times. Um, I'm also still working towards doing more um, corporate workshops, mm -hmm. wellness in the workplace, and also doing that same offering with this group of people that I'm creating this co-op with. So I'm in a couple different directions right now, and just really trying to keep that balance between um, doing offerings that are really going to be beneficial for what's happening. You know, I, I tend to pivot based on the need and what basically the reason I did recess for resilience at the time I did, that was in the month of October for the entire month for three Fridays in a row is because I felt like after, I think it was seven months at that point, we had been in shelter in place and COVID, et cetera. And I saw a lot of despair. I saw a lot of challenges that people were feeling pretty run down mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. And it was also the month just before the elections. Right. We, we know how fractured our country is politically, mm -hmm. you know, and I just felt like, you know, we need to build our resilience up because we're not done, you know. And so I wanted to bring an offering that would be supportive of that and also recognizing, you know, that we still have options and we still have choices during a time when it seems like they're, the focus is more on the limitations mm -hmm. than the opportunities. And so the whole point of the workshop was just to recognize and rediscover and reconnect with our opportunities of opportunity, opportunities of possibilities. My goodness, <laughs> that went out. Blah. So I'm, I'm getting an idea of, of, of your vision um, for a future of wellness that, it, that, it, that is more equitable. Um, and I'd love to hear a quick summary, you know, regardless of the workshop title or regardless of the topic or theme, you know, what are some of the main takeaways that you hope your students or clients, um, what, what are two, if, two or three takeaways that you hope your students or clients can always um, take with them after um, a conversation with you or, or a session? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is inspiration. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I want people to walk away feeling inspired, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You know, Let, let's do this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So really, not just, and I, I don't necessarily, I was thinking about the word motivated, but motivation kind of ebbs and flows as well, mm -hmm. you know, and I think inspire, inspiration is sort of what kind of keeps the energy flowing. And I like so, that. Um, so I, I would say inspiration. Also, I uh, always try to have something, provide some way of creating a new perspective. Mm. I, I love challenging people's perspectives on things, you know, and, I, and you saw that a little bit in our workshops. So yeah. Had a few different things that I asked. So, because I think it's so important that we remember 
that our perspectives are really expansive. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is it can become like a tunnel, tunnel yep. vision. And so as we take time to really look at things from different angles and different options and opportunities, you know, perspective makes a big difference. Right. And because, say, we, be, be, because we come at a situation, you know, looking through this one perspective um, and, and then how great would it be if we can walk away from a session thinking about something, you know, from a different direction. Absolutely. So I'd say inspiration, perspective and mindset. Mm. I mean, that's my, that's like my jam, you know? Yeah. (laughs) If there is a a mantra that I have, it's mindset, you know, mindset is everything. And again, and that is, you know, all inclusive with the inspiration and the perspective, because again, sometimes it's sort of like, you know, opinions, Right. You know, I mean, opinions when you think about them are based solely on the information we currently have about mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And it, once we find out more information, our opinion can completely flip and right. do a 180 based on the information we've gained. Right. 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 Um, so again, I, I think that that's part of the whole perspective. But again, mindset, I think, is so, so important. So regardless of whatever it is I'm talking about, you know, I'm hoping that people walk away feeling inspired or challenged in their perspective mm-hmm. and also how they're viewing their, their mindset is about something because whatever it is, you know, there's room for change. There's room for more, Aww. more possibilities. Speaking of change and possibility and room for more, um, could you please share with us what are you most excited about in 2021? And, you know, what are you looking at in your life for the next few months? You know, I'm really excited about, um, you know, I guess more collaborations. I love Mm -hmm. collaborating with people. Yeah. You know, love it. And yeah. so, you know, more collaborations in different projects. I'm looking forward to doing more workshops. I'm currently working on some new content. I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of these workshops and, and the people who will be attending and what opportunities are coming my way. I'm looking forward to new location, mm-hmm. um, to, to life opening back up again as far as physically and um being able to travel again, and um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how all these lessons that I've been mm-hmm. ruminating on during this time of COVID, you know, are going to actually sprout and what they're going to look like when they when they start to take root and blossom. Mm-hmm. Right now is a rooting process, and then, you know, so I'm really excited to see what all this is going to actually look like and become. So, yeah. Where do you see yourself in 2021? Great question. So for many years, I, it's been an intention of mine to move to Canada. And I know that many people were thinking, you know, when I first started mentioning it, it was um, after 2016 election where people assumed it was because of the re- presidential mm-hmm. result, which it had nothing to do with that. It's always been my intention. Okay. And I am at a place in my life where I'm feeling like I can really um, realize that that dream now because I'm ready and I also really feel like I need it. Um, I have spent a good portion of my life in and out of the country and I've just found what works best for me is when I'm in a different place outside of the country, um, culturally, vibrationally, Mm Um, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Why Canada? Canada, for so many reasons. I, first of all, it's a beautiful country. I really appreciate that um, culturally. There are a lot of things there that resonate with me in terms mm-hmm. of um, their reparation for the First Nations, mm-hmm. the recognition of that. And for me, that's a big deal because my grandmother's First Nation and being in the country where people are really actively seeking to do some reparations and Mm. acknowledgement is powerful really really powerful I love that it's French English speaking since you know French is definitely also um, my language and uh, background and I also find that the sense of space that I feel in Canada um, 
is really powerful. And to be honest, it's come become very clear to me this year in particular that I need to be settling in a country mm-hmm. that hasn't been that wasn't formed on genocide and enslavement, which those are the, my those are the best that's the background of my heritage is First Nation um, and African, you know, so then the Native American Indians in this culture, you know, or you know what happened. And so for me, when I go outside of the country, I just feel like, ah, oh, there's a sense mm-hmm. of like I can breathe in space. Um, and I, like I said, even before that, I think probably when I came back and moved here um, from living in France as a student, um, I've been, you know, back and forth from France, you know, throughout my, my lifetime living there and back and forth. And I just found that the last time I came back, I was like, you know, I think I need to settle down in a different country, mm-hmm. just recognizing that desire. So um, the short, this is not the short answer, obviously, <laughs> but the short answer that I tell people when they say why Canada is I just, and no disrespect to the United States whatsoever, but I just say, I feel like Canada does a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that for me personally, it's mm-hmm. obviously me in my opinion, but it's also my, me and my experience as well. Um, so I have intention for 2021 to be moving to Victoria, Canada. That's in uh, British Columbia. And I am in the process right now of researching um, different pathways for a visa to, to get a permanent resident card and make that. A reality that is my 100% intention and that is going to be my reality in 2021. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm I'm so glad I I'm so glad I asked you. Um, because when when I had first learned that you were interested in potentially moving to Canada, I was I was unclear on whether you know that was like a bucket list thing or whether it was <laughs> happening quite soon. I'm very excited for you. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing. Absolutely. And that also, also pertains to why I appreciate learning how to do things on Zoom. Right. You know, because <laughs> I can still do everything I'm doing. And because really all the, con- every single workshop, every connection, you and I, you know, right. people I've met, I actually haven't met in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I could be doing this anywhere. Exactly. And so just having the opportunity to realize like, oh, I can, I can go ahead and do this now, you know? Exactly. Oh, um, that's, that's, that's so fabulous. I'm excited for you. I have not been to Victoria. I've been to um, Banff one time ooh, that's beautiful. and um, Quebec one time to Montreal. Okay. Yeah. And I'd love to go, love to go more. I just want to say again, for the audience that, that you have, I want to say two things. One, I love the name of your business, A Tune in the Line. I think that just, Thank you. just like really encapsulates a lot of things. And for the people who are wondering and thinking about, hmm, I wonder what's next, you know, I just want to say once again, trust yourself, you know, listen to what it is that you're feeling and give it a try, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's okay to even take baby steps. Baby steps are still movement, you know? Um, so I just want to encourage people that they're not stuck. You know, there's, there's definitely opportunities. So that's, that's it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That, <laughs> right. I love that. Um, and, and, and thank you for mentioning baby steps, because again, I think when we hear people talking about changing their lives or moving forward with their dreams, it feels like this big monumental thing that has to happen overnight. And it doesn't happen like that at all. So baby steps, baby steps. Okay. Rapid fire questions. I love these. I love these. Okay. Michelle, what are you doing 10 years from today? 10 years from today. Great. 10 years from today, I'm living the fullness of my divine rights and my destiny and living in my passion and my joy. Save me a seat. I'm coming. That sounds really, really fun. And delicious. Yeah. I'm most grateful for? Breath. What are you currently reading? Ooh, what am I currently reading right now? Um, gosh, I read, I read like five things at once. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you know what I mean? It depends on what I mean. I know, me too. You know, honestly, right now I'm currently reading um, a science fiction novel. I like things that I like sci-fi fantasy because it just takes me to different places. So that's what I'm currently reading. Oh, I that's really it. cool. You, <laughs> I think I need some of that in my life. So if you want to send me the recommendation, I can't remember the last time I read a sci-fi. That would be cool. Michelle, what's your favorite food? Sweet potatoes. Oh, awesome. Um, comfort food. Like a regular sweet potato or, or fried or baked or? Sweet potato pie to be specific. It was something oh, wow. that, you know, growing up on soul food, that was definitely one of my mom's things. And so I, I just like love it. I could eat the oh, whole that pie sounds by myself. Good. And have oh, the whole pie by myself. <laughs> oh, it sounds really good. It is. Who inspires you the most? Unapologetic people who are standing in their integrity and living their truth. Please describe your perfect day. Listening to what I only need to do and not mm. what I should do. Mm. That's a good perspective on that. Success is... Success is based on your perspective. <laughs> How big? <laughs> no, it's, I love that. I love that. What's, th what's the best piece of advice you ever got? Hmm. Best piece of advice I've ever received was if fear is the only thing keeping you from doing it, do it afraid. Yeah, my French teacher told me that when I was um, I was thinking about moving back to France to go mm. back to school for for part of it, you know. And I kept telling him all the things, the reasons why. And he said, "Sounds like you're afraid." I said, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> and that's when he that was the answer he gave me. So I moved back to France and went back to school. All right, Michelle, thank you for your time being with us today. I'm gonna close us out. Okay. This has been a Tune and Align podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our conversations. And more importantly, thank you for taking the time to tune into the power of your own dream. We'd love to hear your questions and engage with you over on our socials. Follow a Tune and Align and post your questions for Michelle and for our community in our feed. Tag us whenever you're taking action to attune to your heart and align your life using our hashtag attune and align. We can't wait to see what your heart will ask you to do next. My name is Marissa Lavalette and from the bottom of my heart, thank you for taking this time to get clear on the things you want to manifest in your life. A woman living a life that aligns with her soul creates a powerful ripple effect in her relationships and in her greater communities. When you live your best life and share your unique gifts, you give permission for others to begin to do the same. Now go shine your light. Namaste.